Welcome to the Best Player Wins Podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. Uh, we are a three-man team, soon to become a four-man team today. We got the round table here. Uh, Sean Cowles here. And who's joining me? Come on, hit me, guys. Yeah, uh, Eddie Quinona is here. And, and Nate, so we got the original podcast duo, and once Boatwright gets here, we'll have the new podcast duo for, for a really big Power Hour episode here today. Yeah, three guys who at least are are in the playoffs or have a shot to make a playoff and some schmuck, so it's all good. Um, <laughs> but, man, boys, coming in week 13, we knew that we were going to have a lot of potential playoff implications, but we have some spicy ones going into the last week of the regular season. On the flip side, though, we don't end up having a whole lot to talk about on the trade side. Nate, I'm glad you're here because it was you and only you. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was mistaken about the trade deadline being on, I think I thought it was going to be on Friday night going into Saturday, mm-hmm. but what I what I believe it actually was was Thursday night going into Friday. Mm-hmm. Thank God uh, that didn't affect any of my deals. That would have been a huge whoopsie on my side if I just got <laughs> stuck with like Rico Dowdle <laughs> instead of yeah. Sam Laporta on my team for the rest of the year. But maybe Darn. that played a part. But then again, I didn't like say to the whole league, hey, the trade deadline's Friday night. So I didn't give anybody a wrong impression. So I think that it just yeah. was organic that there were no other trades, which that's that's a that's probably a first for our league on trade deadline day for there to not yeah. be more than one manager really making moves. I mean, I know there's three total, me, Scott, and Jake, but there were continuations yes. of deals that were agreed to before the trade deadline day, if you will. Yeah, I mean, Eddie, I don't know. Did, did did anyone reach out to you to try to make anything happen on deadline day? Uh, a couple things, uh, like here and there, like back and forth, but nothing too serious. I think it were mm-hmm. just general feelers for the most part. Um, not surprising me, to me though that. What happened? I was going to say, let me take it. Let me take a guess as to who might have put a feeler <laughs> in your inbox. This is just a guess. I, I don't. I, nobody's told me anything that would lead me to this, but. Just based mm-hmm. on the way you described it, JC is the kind of guy that would put a general feeler out there and then do nothing with it. Is that one of the yeah, feelers I, that you got? No, him and I actually okay. talked a little bit uh, back and forth before the deadline. I think it was a week before. Um, yeah. Damon and I talked a little bit on Discord because um, we were on Discord and we were just chatting back and forth and stuff. But honestly, it was... Uh, it wasn't surprising to me that there really wasn't much. I think a lot of big deals got done a couple of weeks before deadline or right around that time. And I think those who are in contention have the teams that they need to that point, at least to be able to, to contend and kind of push through. So for the most part, it wasn't extremely surprising for me. And I'll say yeah. one more thing before, before we, I guess, wrap the, well, maybe we're not going to wrap it, but no. just while no. we're on the topic of who did make a trade. I reached out to even more than just Jake and Scott. For example, I texted Boatwright. Um, I think it was Tuesday after week 12 ended. So basically first day right before waivers would run for week 13. And I, I basically, I think I said something like this. is So this is the last hurrah. You know, what are you going to do with Lamar Jackson, yeah. you know, going out on by? Obviously that did not matter. We'll get into that in a little bit, but you know, presumably with his back against the wall, missing his better of the two quarterbacks, I thought that Sean was going to be looking to make a move. Maybe not with me, but I thought that he was going to make a move, and he he just didn't respond to me. So, 
Hey, but yeah. it, it worked out for him. Yeah, it's funny yeah. how those things work out. I, another version of that is your deal with Scott that I know you and I had a pretty pretty decent conversation on the results, and then I get you know have to put my foot in my mouth and that you somehow blow up with holding on to the pieces that I felt were not the, not the ones you wanted to hold on to in Jamar and, and Mixon. But we'll get into all that for the trade talk. So let's breeze yeah. through some fantasy highlights um, real quick. This yep. week was, you know, kind of uh, bookended by elite wide receivers being elite. So we had Metcalf for 37, Lamb for 32, continuing his ridiculous pace. Hill with the same thing, 32, and Chase, like we just mentioned, with 31. So looking at that for you guys, heading into the playoffs as, like, premier playoff teams, how do you rank those four wide receivers for the rest of season? So I have Tyreek Hill number one. He has been there all season. No reason to take him down from the number one mantle now. But not really that far behind him. C.D. Lamb at number two for me. Then there is a clear gap. (laughs) I would still put Jamar Chase at three. And then Metcalf at four. Okay. The only difference I have there is Metcalf ahead of Chase. And I just, the quarterback situation I think plays a big part in it i just don't obviously this past weekend proves me otherwise (laughs) with what chase did but i just don't know if browning can consistently give him that production as to where at least metcalf and and him and gino they have that connection so i feel like if any one of those two can keep that production up or similar to it i think it it might be gino but i don't know metcalf has also been pretty inconsistent for the most part all year so what i'll say about jamar chase sorry sean one more thought on chase is that I agree that Geno Smith is probably better than Jake Browning. But two things. One, Jake Browning showed me that he can have good games, which that's really encouraging for Jamar Chase and really anybody in the the Bengals' offense. But the second thing is that even if he isn't good, at the beginning of the game, like the first quarter in particular, you could tell that they game-planned the entire offense through Jamar Chase. He literally had like six receptions for like 25 yards before that big 73-yard touchdown catch. And so if they're going to go death by a 1,000 paper cuts and push that through Jamar Chase, he could probably still, even without touchdowns or without the big plays, give you 15 to 20 points. I'm not sure that DK Metcalf, you know, obviously he has a ceiling. He just scored 37, number one scorer on the week. But I don't think that he's going to give you consistency. He's one of those more boomer bust upper echelon receivers. Yeah, for sure. I would tend to agree. I think does how for you guys does their situation play into their ranking enough to move needles? Like you said, obviously we mentioned Browning for the quarterback situation, but say playoff situation before last week, the Miami probably wasn't in contention for the number one seed, uh, but now you know they're maybe they're playing for it. So are you you're, you're worried about guys in the you know in the last game of the season in the, in the finals game, right? Like, like Nate, you dealt with last year in terms of Jalen Hurts. Does that worry you or impact their ranking at all? I would say not so much because we do the championship uh, week 17 as opposed to week 18. Mm-hmm. And I think that the races on both sides are close enough in the sense that there's multiple teams that are, I expect to be contending mm-hmm. for the bye up until at least week 17. I don't think that there's going to be a buy locked up on either the AFC or the NFC side before week 17's game. Mm-hmm. So I don't, for me, not so much. Okay, Eddie? Yeah, 
I agree. I mean, right now, just to read off a few, Dallas, the NFC side, Dallas, Lions, Niners, and Eagles are all either tied or within one game of each other for the ones. Mm-hmm. And then over in the AFC, you have the Dolphins and Ravens at 9-3, and three, the Chiefs and Jags at 8-4, and four, and then the Steelers and Browns. Colts and Texas. Steelers are not contending for the number one. They're not contending. (laughs) But uh, saying just for the fact that there's still a lot of teams out there within one or two games. uh, And I kind of expect that to continue. And I think a few of these teams actually play each other um, to close out the year as well. So yeah, I know um, the Dolphins get the Cowboys late in the year. I'm not sure which playoff round it is. Eagles get get them in the playoffs. So yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. I think my rankings, I agree with Nate. Um, I think I'll allow Jake Browning to now, he sh- he showed the skill. So now I'll, I'll let him have it until we see him put up a complete goose egg against, you know, another mediocre defense. The Steelers defense is one thing, but a defense like the Jaguars, who are in the bottom third of the league against passing, you know, that's probably what you can hope to expect out of him. Um, but on the other side of things, notable performances we saw, Nico Collins putting up 34, especially after Tank Dell goes down. Geno Smith, Mike Evans, Sam Laporta, Brock Purdy, and Joe Mixon all with 29 points for their teams respectively. Um, I think looking at across this, these are all guys you can come to rely on. But which of these guys do you think has the best chance to repeat these performances or have an MVP elite level performance to maybe win you a head-to-head matchup in the playoffs? Well, let me make it easy by narrowing down the pool. Nico Collins, <laughs> Geno Smith, Mike Evans will not be part of the playoffs because they're on teams that are eliminated. But with that being said, that leaves Laporta, Purdy, and Joe Mixon. And for me, the biggest X factor among those three in the playoffs is Brock Purdy. Uh, he has basically shown a floor of single-digit performance and a ceiling of upwards of 30 points, which kind of reminds me they don't have a similar skill set but in terms of the range of outcomes for fantasy, it almost reminds me of Lamar Jackson, where you could be getting uh, a quarterback of the caliber that wins you the matchup, essentially, or could be you know, a huge reason why you lose because you're not getting nearly the amount of points that you thought you would from your quarterback room, which we all know that that's kind of where the head-to-head matchups start and end a lot of times is the pace that's set at the quarterback position. Yeah, I took this question a little different. I see the point where you're coming from. I took it from the point of if I had one of these pieces on my team going into the playoffs, which one of these do I think could maybe give me that notable of a performance? And to me, I can't disagree with Brock Purdy because the weapons that he has on his team, I think that he has a chance to do something like that. But if I had to look at an individual that's on a team, that's probably one of the only weapons on the offense. I'd probably go with Mike Evans. He's been sneaky good this year. I think his past couple games, he's dropped over 25 uh, I think he had somewhere in the 15s or 16s the week before that. So I think like if I'm looking at that notable individual or maybe someone who can give me that MVP caliber type of performance to win me a matchup, I'd, I'd go with Mike Evans if I had to pick one of them to be on my team from that perspective. But, yeah. So real yeah. quick, mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to circle back to Purdy real quick. Uh, and I, I like that call of Mike Evans too, if we're including the, the entire yes. pool of players. I definitely <laughs> like that call. But just to accentuate my point on Brock Purdy, just looking at the last eight games that he's played, three of those games, he's scored under 13 points. Another three of those games, he has scored over 23 points. I'm sorry, over 26 points. Okay, so three under 13, three over 26. 
So 75% of that eight-game sample size, Purdy was either completely boom or completely bust, which is kind of where I was going with that point. But uh, like I said, I, I like the Mike Evans call too. Yeah, Sorry, I think... Sean, you... uh... Go ahead, I. Sorry. I don't know. It's similar sample size, funny enough. Uh, I think the stats are almost identical for Evans and Purdy last six games, either boom or wide receiver one, I'd consider it a bust, uh, yep. at 12.9, 12.7, and 15.3 being his lows, and then 26.3, 25, and then 29.2 being his highs. So I think both kind of in that same level, but yeah. Yeah, that is actually the point I was trying to aim at, because if you pull yeah. up the stats for all of these guys, there is a lot of boom and bust. There's a lot of mm-hmm. variety and variance in what they've performed in their last six or eight weeks of, of production. So it, it is interesting to see you know, who ultimately, because I tend to lean Mike Evans if I had to pick somebody, um, but... I also am very high on Goff and what that Lions team is going to do on the back end, especially if they're playing for the number one seed. Yeah. So Laporta would probably be my like one A behind that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is that if I think about it in a in a way of like who would I rather who would I rather have a bust of mm-hmm. twelve or thirteen points? I wouldn't want it to be my quarterback. I would want it to be either one of my wide receivers, or if I'm looking at it in that perspective. Obviously, your tight end. If your tight end's bus game is like an 11 or 12 point game, I'll take that any day mm. of the week. But sure. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Nate, anything else you want to add before we move on to trades? And you can just have the floor. <laughs> no, no <laughs> nothing else to add. All right. Then let's hop on to some trade talk. Like I said, Nate is going to be the star of this one because the only two deals that were made since last filming um, was uh, Nate's deals. First with Jake, uh, the rare Jake sighting of a trade. Uh, Nate receives Justin Fields and Ricardo, uh, Rico Downs, but who is a, just a rental placeholder for Baker Mayfield, Amari Cooper, and a one-week rental of the just-mentioned Sam Laporta. Uh, you know, uh, Nate, we'll get what your thought and process were going into that. Eddie, what, would, what was your takeaway looking at this deal when it came across? Yeah, I think uh, it's funny because Nate, myself, and Damon had a a conversation the other day just about the concept of rentals and just this whole thing just in general Mm -hmm. and kind of discussing through it. And uh, I think it's a very smart move. I think that anyone who can leverage their playoff lock or playoff ability to rent off their players um, and in return, you know, get a generally you're going to get a higher premium than you normally would when you're trading those players. I think it's very smart. And I think, uh, again, these are things that have been said all year and it, it's a type of trade move that has its own trademark. Uh, and it's a, it's an injuries esque type of move. <laughs> um, that's multi-layered. It's got a lot of thought built into it that ultimately betters that team. Um, so I, yeah, again, smart moves on his end. So, you know, I have, I'm indifferent about rentals. I uh, We had this discussion. It's just, I just don't know how I really feel about them. They feel icky to me, but at the same time, not really breaking any rules either. So uh, sure. yeah. Yeah. Nate, what, what was kind of the background and what led to this deal between you and Jake there? Um, well, the background was that I didn't really consider, I actually explained this to Damon and Eddie when we had such discussion that Eddie was talking about. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really consider using rentals as part of my trade strategy this year until 
it was, I want to say probably three weeks ago now, when Travis Kelsey and Devontae Smith were both on bye. I think that was week nine or ten when the Eagles and Chiefs were both on the bye. And I had a negotiation going with Jake for most of the week where I, you know, he didn't obviously say the word deal, but all of us have been in trade negotiations. There's just a certain tone when you get toward the end of a negotiation that sets or that kind of like sets your mentality like okay i probably have this in the bag and i thought i was there for most of the week and what specifically you know made me feel like okay i'm get i'm getting these guys it was it was going to be a trade for me to get jameer gibbs travis kelsey and Devonte smith and what made me feel like i definitely had it was jake basically tying, weaving in his own ask to the final details of my final offer, which obviously wasn't accepted. Nick's is the one that got it accepted, but it was essentially going to be me as part of the deal, sending T Higgins to Jake. But at the time, Jake was obviously trying to make the trade to fill in for bye weeks. And so with T Higgins being out, he said, would you be willing to make it Garrett Wilson and rent him to me up until the trade deadline or when T Higgins returns to a game, whichever one comes first. And at that point, we'll swap back. I'll send you back Garrett Wilson. Then you send me to T Higgins at that point. So Jake, obviously we had trades made before that, that had a rental mechanism to them, but Jake suggested that be a part of a hypothetical deal that we didn't end up making. And that's when the idea really sprouted for me as like, okay, I could actually use this even if it doesn't work in this negotiation, which it didn't, I could use that for future deals, especially as we get closer to teams getting locked out and not making playoffs, especially as we get closer to the trade deadline. And so in this particular instance, um, I was looking at Jake's team for two weeks ahead of time, knowing that he was going to be hit with buys this past weekend. And before Joe Burrow got hurt, I was thinking that I would be able to rent him Joe Burrow and uh, one of my tight ends, which at the time was Dalton Schultz and Laporta before the Burrow injury, and get a huge premium, like something like an upgrade from Joe Mixon to Jameer Gibbs plus Jordan Addison, or some huge premium because I'd be running them to such elite players. And obviously that didn't work out because Joe Burrow got hurt much earlier than I, well, I didn't <laughs> want him to get hurt in the first place, but got hurt earlier than this would have happened. And so I still had that in the back of my mind. I obviously had to work out the details a little bit differently. Um, and what what ended up happening was the deal that you saw where I sent Baker and Amari Cooper for Fields, which I think on its head is probably an even trade just given how a little disappointing Justin Fields has been this year. Um, but then to kind of get the feel across the finish line, the sweetener was the one week of Sam Laporta. Maybe that was a little bit more than you were asking for, but that's like everything from slow cooking the idea three weeks before this trade even happened to basically the deal that you guys saw get executed. No, I, I think it's a good wrap up of both the rental process and where you're at, but Boatwright uh, is joining us now. So Boatwright, why don't you jump in here with both your thoughts on maybe rentals and, and kind of what Jake summarized as well as this deal in general. Yeah, so I... I... I want to preface this. You guys can hear me all right? Hmm? Yep. Okay. I want to preface this by saying I personally don't see the value in rentals. So I am going to uh, 
everything I say is with that. And when somebody offers me a rental as part of a deal, um, I personally don't add any additional value to like the end of the deal for me. Um, reason being is I am not going to give up value to borrow a player um, for a, a one week and then go back to a worse position. But I, I gave myself some help for one week. Um, with that being said, I, I don't mind this trade uh, in terms of like value. Uh, I think that Amari Cooper and Baker for Justin Fields is probably pretty fair. It's closer than I would. And in fact, it's more than I probably would have paid for Justin Fields. Um, if for no other reason than I don't, I don't necessarily trust them to do what you're hoping Justin Fields gives or like gives you, because like I was to be abundantly clear, Justin Fields was somebody that I personally was targeting um, whenever Richardson, but I just couldn't ever put together something that made sense to me um, to, to, to make that. So point that I'm ultimately getting here. I thought the value on the face was fair. I thought adding in Laporta, it was Laporta, correct? Yes. Um, Was, was good, right? Like that obviously helps him this week. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that like, and obviously it, it is the manager's discretion, right? Adding in Laporta got him over the hump for that week. It, it well, not. it didn't. It didn't. Even though Laporta was his best player in his lineup this week, it did not. But I think... And, but I'm and talking we about will... the trade, right? Not necessarily. Oh, you can't, okay. Oh, you yeah, can't... absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All three of us are the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not to, not to right. speak for you about right, but if I interpreted your initial reaction to these deals that I announced, particularly the one with Scott, correctly, that you kind of support or at least are okay with the concept of the rental mechanism in a trade when it's used in this sense where it's basically a bolt-on to the end of the negotiation to get it across the finish line as opposed to the trade that we'll talk I'm sure a lot more about between me and Scott where it was the main attraction for one of the managers in the deal the rental itself yeah so I think I think that's a good summary right I if you came to me to wrap that up nicely if you came to me and said I've got this deal for you I will give you Players with a value of 200 for your player with a value of 215, but I'll throw in a rental. You would, that wouldn't get me there because I'm not going to add any value for that. Obviously, there are like nuance to that, but to me, a rental does adds nothing to to in terms of value because it's not anything that I'm gaining. Well, with I mean, being, you're you're certainly I, welcome to see it that way, but I would I would argue that coverage of a bye week, if it's a must win week. There is some value to that. How much? I think that's very subjective. Well, I, and I don't want to get into this conversation a whole lot because I think it gets away from trades. I tend yeah. to not think that getting into the playoffs just to get into the playoffs is a smart move long term, right? My goal is not to get into the playoffs and lose in the first round. It's to get into the playoffs and win. And selling off my good pieces for cheap doesn't achieve that. And so yeah, maybe that, that's where my, my assessment ha- is different. Do you know what I mean? What what has to be said there is that in one instance, you have zero chance to get a playoff win by not making the playoffs. In the other instance, even if the odds are against you, you at least have a chance because it's fantasy football and playoffs are head-to-head, not top three scores. Sure, sure. there's always a chance, but I would say that your chance is basically you sell off your players for cheap. 
That's just where I, and I'm not saying it's the right approach, right? Maybe there is a little bit of like, take my ball and go home with it. You know what I mean? It's a spectrum for sure. It's a spectrum for sure. It's not like I'm not right and you're not right. There's, it's, you could be anywhere on the spectrum for sure. I just wanted to kind of add the other side to add the layer of nuance. Because I don't think what you're saying is black wrong and what I'm saying is white right. Like I said, there's a, there's a, it's a gray scale. Right. Yeah, and so I also like I thought this was fine. I looked at that and said, "Yeah, that makes sense." You know what I mean? Okay. Well, that's I all I that, any thoughts yeah. from you guys on that? On those? No, on we, those particular? I I think I'd rather save my rental thoughts for the next conversation. Um, okay. Let's so not to weigh this down, but yeah. let's get into the next conversation, which is the only other trade that was made, which, as Nate referenced. Uh, a little bit bigger of a play here. So Nate trading with Scott receives CD Lamb, Travis Etienne, and a one-week rental of Jake Browning. Um, and Scott receives Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and a one-week rental of Joe Herbert. Uh, now, Nate, if you want to clarify the structure of the deal, then we can kind of get yeah, into yeah. the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. So, so very, very simply put, it was. Hey, I'll swap you quarterbacks this week, and you can keep the position players on your side for this week if long-term and permanently we make the swap of my star-wide receiver and running back for your star-wide receiver and running back, which we all know or at least agreed before this week. I'm sure most people's opinions have not changed, but they did have a big week, so maybe. But we all agreed that CeeDee Lamb and Travis Etienne were both individually, even by themselves, better than Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. If you stacked up Lamb to Chase, you'd take Lamb. If you took, if you stacked up ETN to Mixon, you'd take ETN. I'm, I'm sure that most people are still there. Um, so that was basically the trade. Hey, I'll give you this perceived upgrade to my top five quarterback for this week in a week where you need to win or else you're, you're dead for your season. Um, but after this week, what I want in return is an upgrade, you know, for the rest of my lineup. That was essentially the deal. Um, there wasn't nearly the buildup to this trade as there was with my deal in, uh, with Jake. I basically consulted with Damon as a neutral third party on the mechanics of how I would have to do this while staying within the bounds of our quarterback trading rules, which I put an explanation in the chat like, hey, I'm dropping Gardner Minshew. I'm going to have to play with an open second quarterback spot to make sure that I don't ever carry three quarterbacks on my roster at any time that this deal is being transacted whether that's accepted or executed um other than that you know once damon was like yeah that makes sense that's within the rules i sent the offer to scott via text and there wasn't any negotiation about it he was like yeah that you know i think that makes my team better for this week so you know regardless of what other people think of the deal you know i'm in because my goal is to just keep my team alive as long as possible and that that was really it yeah, I'm with you. Eddie, how, how do, do you see any different in terms of when you saw this deal come across? No, again, I think I think this one more so than the first one is the one that gave me that uh, that icky feeling mm-hmm. of like it's not wrong, you know what I mean? It's not really against anything that we do in our rules, but it's again, it's like one of those things. It's just like eh, you know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I told Damon and Damon and I and Nate had this conversation again, kind of going back to that conversation. I don't, uh, it's a smart move on Nate's part. It's a, it's a weird move on Scott's part, but I get it. I think his, 
his goal is ultimately at minimum playoffs. But the downside to that, and it's something that Boatwright was getting at, is that your minimum downside of reaching playoffs comes at the benefit of an individual who's already a top playoff team being even better. Which to me, not it's not directly any type of um, like working directly with another owner to make sure that they get into the playoffs because that's not really it. That's not how that really works. It's not how the deals are made to begin with anyways. There, there's different intent behind those trades to begin with. Um, but yeah, it's uh, obviously uh, unfortunate for Scott that the week played out that it did and the marquee piece of that trade put up six six points or something crazy so yeah two points so it's unfortunate that's quarterback <laughs> i uh it, it's unfortunate that it ended up happening that week and he, i think that's his worst game of the year if i'm not mm, it's close to it if it's not uh-huh. It's his second worst game of the year, uh, which is unfortunate for him. I mean, no one saw that coming, um, right. but it is the ugly side of a rental trade that is perceived to be beneficial for you. It is uh, it's fantasy football. Just because yeah. you think you're getting a good deal doesn't mean it's always going to turn out to be a good deal. Yeah, at least oh, temporarily. Yeah. Oh, so. right. You wanna you wanna expound on your thoughts and, and what he said there, and then I'm gonna well, go ahead and then Nate, you can kind of book in this here if you would. Yeah. Like. Yeah, so no. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think it's better that I don't, so I'm just going to pass it back to you. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, I think then, Eddie, that, that icky feeling you're kind of talking about is where I find myself on this as well. Let's be very yes. clear. Nothing about this is against the rules. We have nothing in the yeah. Constitution. Like, nothing about this is against the rules. I tend to agree, and it's more for the second point you made, is that it is absolutely a fantasy manager who drafted well and traded well, leveraging his assets to improve his team going into the playoffs, period. Mm-hmm. From anyone else's perspective, from any other manager who is not the manager benefiting, it feels bad. Now, yeah. who cares? We're, we're like, it's a, it's a competition. So like, I'm not here to be like, Nate, you're an asshole. Like, <laughs> he is, but it's yeah. fine. I mean, he is, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Not about him making a trade doesn't make him an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's everything else. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a league <laughs> conversation in the off season about you know about what how the league ultimately feels, and hey, that's why we put everything to a vote. But yeah, yeah. I I think that's ultimately where I end up landing on this because I I mentioned it earlier in the podcast that I texted. Nate, when I, I the, the trade came across and I didn't register it, I didn't register that he was keeping the the, the better assets. I thought it was all a rental or whatever. I, I think I was busy that night. Um, and then the, the next day I went back to it and I looked at it and I, I literally was like, how the fuck did he pull this off? <laughs> and that's not nothing against Scott. I, I you know, I, after talking with Nate, I kind of figured out what happened. And the result of the week being is what it is. Like you said, it's fantasy football. But yeah, ultimately, that's about where I land. But Nate, not to not to allow you the defendant the uh, the last chance to speak, but what? Why don't you wrap it up here on trades in general yeah. and the rental, and then we'll kind of move on to the week in, in review. I was going to say I don't really have a defense, you know, yeah. or at least I don't intend what I'm about to say to be a defense to it. Mm-hmm. Because the first thing I want to say is the way that you guys feel about it is valid, and Eddie used that phrase first on this podcast. It felt icky because of mm-hmm. a question that I asked him and Damon directly. I said, listen, guys, I know that this isn't against the rules, 
I think what it's going to come down to for me this offseason, when I gauge how the league feels about it to see whether we should outlaw rentals altogether for trades, is the question of, listen, we know again it's not against our current rules, but instinctually, does this feel icky? Does it feel mm-hmm. wrong? And I think ultimately, if the group consensus or if the majority consensus, the answer to that question is yes, it does, then I think it's going to be better for the league if we just don't allow it. Mm-hmm. This year, I, you know, I've mentioned I wasn't the first to make that deal. It's kind mm-hmm. of like if you play Call of Duty, there's always meta weapons that are overpowered mm-hmm. and everybody in the game starts to use them. It's like I found out that it started to creep into the league's meta this year, and I just took that and used it to my advantage. You know, if we have to yeah. tailor the rules over the off season because we don't want that to be the meta, mm-hmm. I'm totally okay with that. Like, I don't really... I mentioned that I think it could bring some extra strategy, but I'm also okay with us just not adding extra strategy through that mechanism. Like I'm okay with that. It's it's not that important to me to have yeah. that. Yeah, I also um, think. Okay, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 you can interject. Uh, I, well, I was going to wrap it up. So finish what you want to okay, finish. Okay. Your so the other yeah. thing I was going to say was from a personal perspective, mm-hmm. uh, which is that you know I think Scott will understand the mentality that the thoughts are shared by here, which is that nobody's going to say Scott's a bad manager because one, he's not. Let me say that first and foremost, but two also because like nobody here is the kind of guy that would say like, I think that you made a really shitty trade. Even if that's how somebody felt like nobody's going to get on here and say that. Mm -hmm. So what I will say in case he or anybody else is still kind of getting that vibe without it being said explicitly is that I was in his shoes 100% last year, much earlier in the season, but I was in his shoes where I felt like I needed to make a trade that severely benefited the other team more on paper to keep my season alive, you know, or another way to say it is to give myself the best chance to win moving forward, even if that didn't mean improving my team or, you know, taking a hit in my lineup at the time. I made that trade with you, Sean Callis. Hmm. Yep. And another manager who is widely regarded as one of the best managers in this league, Nick, I still have a <laughs> screenshot of this, said we that all, it was we, the most lobsided trade in league history. I, 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 we should I know that it's for the number of times it's been, <laughs> you mentioned in the chat. Yeah, okay? <laughs> no, but I mean, but it's, it's a good point. I, you know, obviously it did not work out for Scott this time. Mm. Last year, it worked out to the best possible outcome that it could have for me. Under, you know, it's a different way of trading. I'm not saying that the two trades are exactly the same, but in terms of the lopsidedness, I think that they're in the same stratosphere. One time it worked out, the other time it didn't. Both times it was a team with the back against their wall making a trade that they knew was going to hurt their team, but they felt like they had to make it to stay alive. Yeah, and I, I think just to wrap it up, I, we probably have to have and can have either on maybe a playoff podcast or, you know, an off season podcast if we want to do one a conversation about the rentals because that I think there's a whole lot of nuances you're suggesting there, Nate, to even what that brings to the to the trade market. But regardless for this trade, for this impact, I, I agree with you. I see exactly what Scott was doing. And while my reaction might be a balk, I'm also sitting outside the playoff picture as a lock team with a, a year that, you know, does not reflect what he's at least been able to do and stay alive. So I am not here to criticize Scott. He's got a trophy I don't. We all know Scott's like pedigree as a as a fantasy manager. So this isn't about that. I think it's more about how the rental colors the deal, less so than 
about the deal and the quality of it itself. But yeah, um, I, I think. I, oh, go ahead. Well, I I, I was going to wrap up, but if you, you go ahead, if you want to kind of no, you're good. put a you're put good. a period on the end of the sentence. Okay. Uh, I was just, um, no, you're good. Just I, go ahead. <laughs> right, the question I say do what you need to you. say about right. Say what you need to say, baby. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, but right. You have the floor. No, no, I no, I should. <laughs> We've gone this far. We've taken it this yeah, far already. <laughs> you might as well just say it. I okay. We want okay. I'm, gonna, I'm coming at this from an entirely. I'm not upset. Please don't tell you. For me, this feels really bad for for a very specific reason that I don't want to hash out here. But for me, it feels like the reaction to this was. Well, it's not against the rules, so it's fine. Where earlier in the season it was, well, it's not against the rules. We're just pushing it far, so it's not fine. That's all I'm going to say. What? Yeah, what are you referencing? I know know exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about him picking up the quarterback is my assumption. Before the week was over. Before the week was over. But I think the caveat... Yeah, and I, I'll just say here, I think the caveat here to that, I think, was the the conversation for the quarterback situation had already been had previously, and I think that there was just an understanding and an agreement behind it. I think the whole thing with rentals has been something that's happened in the league previously, not just this year. It just happened to be and work its way out like this this year, so... Yeah, and I don't necessarily. I mean, I, no, I, I'll I'll validate that though, right, and say that like I generally mentality wise hear where you're coming from. I hear yeah. you, mm-hmm. I do hear you. I don't want you to think that I don't get like where you're going with that. But I will just describe the explicit differences. When you did that, we shut it down instantly and said that this is not allowed from the very first moment that it was done. Whereas rentals were made within deals multiple times throughout the season before these two deals took place. And you specifically texted me about it before also these two trades were made. I think it was maybe a week ago or whenever you traded JC Pollard. Yeah. You said, Hey, are rentals allowed in deals? I just want to double check. And I texted you. Yep. Yep. They're allowed. Yeah. And and, yeah, that's fine. Uh, We're going to, let's move on. Okay. All right. Well, then, Barrett, I have one last trade question for you before we move on, because all of the rest of us kind of gave our reactions to this this question, this topic. But what were your thoughts on the lack of trades from this trade deadline? And then from there, we'll kind of look into what the trades meant for this week. I think that the lack of trades, and I don't know what y'all said, so I apologize. I think that the lack of trades is coming from people generally valuing players better uh, and maybe a little bit of overvaluation of their players. Like I, I'll be the first to admit, like I'm prone to do that. Right. I, I tend to fall on the side of like ride the horse that got you there. Right. Not take a chance. Uh, I also can speak personally and say like, I didn't feel like moving pieces that were not like, I, I didn't feel it was worth shuffling around like bench pieces or depth pieces a whole lot, unless I was making an upgrade or making what I felt was like a lateral move for maybe another flex piece, which is probably an upgrade, right? Good example of that was like when I traded Connor for four and got Gabe Davis in the deal. I wasn't really interested in trading my big pieces this year for no reason. In fact, I think my season went wrong when I bought 
when I traded Scott for uh, to move off of Mahomes and, and Baker, right? Um, so I, I think that there was a lot of that in the league, just less willing to shuffle pieces around just to shuffle pieces around. I guess personally, once again. So sure. that's yeah. my thoughts. You know? Cows, I think we actually were talking about this before we started, before we hit record. So mm-hmm. just to summarize my thoughts because I actually don't think we we shared once we started recording. Sure. But, uh, you know, I tried to reach out to more than just Jake and Scott. Like, I think I texted Boatwright at the very beginning of the week and said, like, yep. what did I say, Boatwright? This is your last hurrah. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. And I never heard back from you. But we had, no. Boatwright and I before that were negotiating over the course of days or weeks a potential move with an exchange of quarterbacks because I knew that he had Howell and Lamar coming up on by. Interesting note. I actually offered him Baker and Amari Cooper for Lamar, no rental mechanism the week prior to me actually making the trade with Jake. That's more of just like an FYI kind of interesting fact more than yeah. for any other reason that I say that. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think thought we did include that in the beginning before Boat Right joined us, but if it, we, we repeated oh, we? ourselves, so what? Okay, I'm yeah, sorry. It was like one of the opening <laughs> sections. Yeah, yeah, it was. A, but yeah. no, who cares? It was, it's worth repeating. I think the general consensus is that there's just there was a tightening of most things throughout the league, whether it's evaluations <laughs> or valuing of assets or just roster depth in general. So yeah. I don't know. For what it's yeah. worth, I think that I think that next year it would be good if we untighten just a little bit. Like I think that there's a <laughs> there is a median that is good for the league. Uh, I I I felt like we got stuck in kind of neutral for a little bit there, or at least I did. And maybe that's because I wasn't as active in trade as I wanted to be, but I just felt like I was the whole league is for the middle portion. They're yeah. just stuck making moves. I think, and I think, I think it had to do with like, I think the top of the league was very top heavy. So a lot of the good assets were already on some of those good teams. Like some, in some years, like some of those really good assets are still sprinkled on some of those yes. teams that maybe might not be so good. So there is more conversation for trading. I think right. this year more than any one, there was, I feel like generally there's a tight race towards the top with the teams, but there's usually like that one team that runs away with it at the very top. And then everybody else is sprinkled underneath for the most part. I think that this year it was one, a little tighter across the board all the way through. And two, a lot of those really good pieces were already sprinkled pretty evenly amongst those top teams for the most part. So I, I think that, that. kind of had to do with it. And I think that to add on, and I, like, I don't want to belabor this too. I think there was a lot of uncertainty. Once again, I can always speak for myself. When like, we're like who the good pieces were this year, right? It, it, it didn't feel like it was a normal year where you can count on like Derek Henry, right? Being one of the top pieces. He was, he's probably one of the better running backs. He's just the first name of my thought of, right? If you would have asked every person, is Kyron Williams going to be like one of the top yes. running backs? You, nobody Talk. would have said yes. Do you know what I mean? And so like I was hesitant to make moves because I had no idea what yeah. the value of Tank Dell was, you know, because yeah. Yeah. he had that yeah. low point and then he exploded. And I don't know. I think that more than this year, I felt like there's been a big turnover in who the good players are, if that makes sense. Yep. Like, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think that uh, I think that there were a bunch of sporadic, random guys that did really well this year that people drafted at such low value that they just didn't feel like they needed to trade out of um, right. or trade for. So, yeah. I think on a future podcast, you guys should talk about 
all the production at the quarterback position from the waiver wire or from very late in the draft and how that might yes. impact your strategy because for next year. Because yeah. we've talked so much this year about how most of, not most of us, there's a decent group of us that believe having a very solid QB room, both both quarterbacks, is an extreme advantage in this league. But uh, I think there was a lot of really good production that emerged this year, late in the draft. You know, Brock Purdy off of waivers, C.J. Stroud, Baker Mayfield. I think that you know, I know that yeah, you guys I... weren't specifically talking about quarterback, but we're talking about evaluating players. We didn't know who was going to be good, who had staying power, who was going to be bad. Quarterback yeah. really surprised me this year. If I could go back and rebuild yeah. my like my quarterback room, I would have taken CMC at one and taken like Stroud and Purdy late. And being sure. perfectly content with my room. Well, you know what I mean? And like yes. obviously, yes. obviously yeah. <laughs> knowing what we know now, yes. Right. I think what <laughs> I'm saying yeah. I think I'm I'm trying to add to your point. Like no, I guys got you. that I were got you. late yeah. picks or undrafted would have been my preferred quarterback room. Knowing yep. what I know now. Yep. You know? Yep. And I drafted my yeah. at one one, you know? Even it's kind of funny to say because he was an early draft pick, but he was also a waiver wire quarterback. Dak Prescott was drafted yeah. early. <laughs> was evaluated as being bad, which is why he was dropped. And then somebody was like, okay, I'll take a flyer because I think he's going to be good. And now all of a sudden he's like a top three fantasy the quarterback. Yeah, if not. So a it's they, like the, the Cowboys figured it out over the bye. Somehow. It's, yeah. the same, it's the same. was the same narrative about CD lamb. Remember when I was shopping him and everybody was like, well, I don't think CD lamb is worth a whole lot. Right. I and was I, one it, of those people that I, said I, that to be clear. I agreed with you. I didn't trust yeah. CD Lamb to win me weeks. And then he comes back with a bye, and he's dropping like 35 points again. I'm I like, know. are you fucking kidding me? Like, I was yeah. mad at myself at that point that I drafted both yeah. Dak and CD Lamb in the Keeper League. And now, like, yeah. that's a pretty good reason why I feel pretty strongly about my chances mm-hmm. to win that league. It's, like, funny yeah. how it goes, you know? Yeah, yep. and you know what's funny? Speaking of CD Lamb, because I just want to throw this in there, trade deadline's over, the, everything's going forward. Funny enough, the deal that I made with Scott, the original conversation that we had and a part of it, I was going to ask for C.D. Lamb at the time because he had one really good week. Everything before that was just kind of average. And I kind of shot myself in the foot because I texted him, and I don't know why I said this, but I said it. I was like, you're probably not willing to move on from C.D. Lamb, are you? And he's you like, don't no. Ever phrase, you don't ever Horrible phrasing like by you don't me. Ever yeah, phrase horrible like phrasing. That. I you, think you that if I – You should have said, it's going to take C.D. Lamb or I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> – while the deal was so close to being made by that point in yeah, time, like every you. other I'm piece kidding. was already like there. And I was, I was like this close to, to trying to pull him into the, to the conversation. And I've lost out on not so many. Cause Olave has actually been doing really well. He's just not, he hasn't been doing CD <laughs> no lamb. CD well. lamb. So no CD yeah. Lamb, yeah, the golf so, is, a, is a little wider. Yeah. Um, but I disagree but, with actually I disagree with all you guys. The real reason trading went down is because Max team the newbie and most most often traded in this league until his team got locked got locked. So that's yeah, he got locked early. We're gonna too. we're gonna move oh, on yeah, to that. And really actually, early. <laughs> let's move on to some uh, matchup reviews. Which actually the first matchup was me versus Max. Two locked teams. Does anyone even want to look at this matchup? I mean, since- Max plays spoiler to at least one team contending for a playoff mm-hmm. spot because he won the median. In addition mm-hmm. to the yep. head-to-head, so he took he basically left five precious median spots among the teams left fighting for a playoff spot. So that's notable. Yep. Yeah. I, could I do it think again this fair. week too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. certainly could if he keeps on this run, which is exactly what we said would happen to his team is it would figure it out the moment that he got locked. So, 
but the next matchup was the matchup, the, the grudge match often referred to. Uh, Nate, you took on Nick. It was a weird week. You had rented off some players. Um, Nick had made some deals, but then the fantasy being fantasy, unfortunately, yeah, you kind of... Look at the smirk. He's so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Just stomped with on the back of Jake Browning, yeah. uh, 150 to 103. You take the median win. Nate takes yeah. the median loss and kind of puts him in that four-man run for getting into the playoffs. So, Nate, since it's your matchup, uh, what did you take away from this? I mean, my team was at, what would you guys say, 70% strength without Laporta starting a career backup quarterback and only that career backup quarterback, not even a second <laughs> quarterback. Yeah. Um, having to start T. Higgins instead of Saquon Barkley at flex. That's probably at like 70% strength and still put an ass whooping on Nick. Whose team just absolutely disappointed, like to the maximum, and that was something that I did not expect. I so so one thing I didn't say earlier when when I when we were talking about the trade between me and Scott was that you know it's a, a lot smaller stakes I suppose, but something that I gave up in the time that that trade was made was you know I didn't have a bye week locked in at that point. I was only three games ahead of Eddie with two weeks left to go. So Eddie could potentially get four wins there, and I'm only three wins ahead of him. I assumed that by making that deal, I was going 0-2 guaranteed, and I knew that Eddie's team was on a heater, so I, I just kind of assumed that he was going to go 2-0, which I believe he did. And so at that point, the assumption, if that worked out that way, would have been that I would have only been one game ahead of him with one week left to play, and so he legitimately could have passed me and taken that first round by in the playoffs. Um, didn't work out that way because I put the good ass whooping on Nick. Just has to keep saying it, but yeah, I don't know, uh, Eddie. What did what did what did you think about this one, if anything? It's just a shocker. I think we were on on uh, Discord that day. Were we together that day at some point talking about it while the games were going through? At some point, I think so. Probably it, it, we were just talking about how the matchup was unfolding, and I was mm. like, I sh- like if you actually win this, I. That's terrible. I'm like, you literally <laughs> sat a quarterback. You brought in less valuable pieces uh, as a part of the the rental trade that you did at the time. Yes, they were less valuable. They just happened to perform mm. how they performed. But uh, and you still came out with the victory. And I think the part that hurt the most was that he scored 158 points. Yeah. Uh, to ice it off and took the median. Yeah, because I wasn't if he that went either. If he went one and one, like I still have a chance. It's an outside chance, but I still have a chance. Um, but him just going two and zero, oh, just I logged on and I was like, "This is stupid." Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> balls dumb. Yeah, but right. Yeah. Any any last thoughts to wrap it up? Yeah, I'm so happy he did this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not even. It's like I'm not even. It's not because I wanted Nick. Oh, let me phrase it. It's not because I'm against Nick. I just wanted him to take two losses. Because that's what I need, right? Like, I need him to take losses and Scott. I'm sorry, it's Kevin, right? No. No, Scott. I forget the Scott's still right Scott. You. Yeah, it's the Scott. Fourth. You don't it's even Nick, know who Scott, Scott is. You don't know what leagues you play no, in Scott know. with. You... <laughs> Listen, it's Nick, me, Scott, and JC, right? Yes. Yes. Or, spot. No, no, yeah. not, no, Jake. Not JC. Jake. Jake. It's Jake. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep. Those sorry, are the four I, that are still fighting for a playoff berth. Yeah. Right. So I was uh, all week. I was like looking like, okay, I need these people to take losses. And luckily 
Nate delivered and handed a loss yeah, to Yeah, I uh, showed up for you about right. That was for you, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, man, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that like, Jake Browning oh. on his own was going to outscore the duo of Justin Herbert and Gardner Minshew, which were the two that I was planning to start. Mm-hmm. If I didn't make that deal with Scott, I just knew that Jake Browning was going to outscore both of them <laughs> combined the by himself. Goddamn, yeah. Nostradamus! That's why over I made here. the trade, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think chess. the funniest part for me, though, is that having having uh, uh, Herbert would not have moved the needle at all for you. Like it wouldn't have it would have been a blip on your. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would have mm-hmm. been a blip on your score. Oh, nine point nine points out of Herbert. Oh yeah, he would have just know? had. He would have been scored in the one sixties instead of like yeah. one fifty eight or whatever mm-hmm. he had. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, I think you all said it. Sorry, Nick, but uh, at least it makes the next week interesting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but let's let's talk about yep. that a little as some of the other playoff matchups kind of took shape. Eddie, you took on Kyron. You uh, you took the the win one sixty three to one thirteen in the median. Kyron takes the loss as a locked team. Uh, some fresh information because Kyron was sending me trade offers. Uh, prior yeah, to he didn't he know locked. he was locked until. <laughs> yeah, that is a classic Kyron move. By yeah, the more Kyron. So, so thank you, Kyron, for that. Um, I mean, Eddie, it just kind of firmly puts you where you're at in your playoff position. So we'll start yeah. off with you. Anything for anything to comment there? No, just a big week. Uh, team did really well uh, overall. There's a couple pieces that. I got some some decent production out of not that it made a difference for the matchup total, mm. uh, but I pulled in the Texans like an hour before kickoff because uh, I was like, oh, I want a different defense. I don't really trust the Saints right now mm. to play the Lions. I feel like the Lions might put up some points. Lions put up 21 points in the first like three minutes of the game. And I'm like, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, overall, again, it, it wasn't really much of a contest anyways. Um, mm-hmm. So really not much to talk on. Just my team scored what they need to score to contend in the playoffs. Minimum 160 and hopefully more uh, yeah. as things progress. So I certainly I'll, think I'll, that, I'll borrow from Boatwright's mindset here. If Herbert was in my lineup, I would have scored more than Eddie. Than me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Nate or Boatwright, yeah. any thoughts on, on this matchup? No, I mean, no, this was just job, I expected. Yeah, proud of you, Eddie. Your you team, did great. Your, your team is your team is probably the biggest conundrum and surprise to me every week. <laughs> Listen, I... every week you like talk shit on my team. You're like Eddie's team hasn't proven itself. Dub. No, Eddie's it has. Team sucks. It has. It Dub. Has. It, it has. Think, it has think, proven itself. I think your team, Eddie. It's great. You have the most mid name, like mid players. If I looked, but they just blow out like. It's like mid oh, well performing players. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Here, That's so, what I'm trying so, to say. I hear the name Christian Kirk, yeah. and I'm like, oh, you got a real burner there. <laughs> yeah, so yep. if we were to restart the league today, here are the four players from Eddie's team that I would want in the draft. There are players that I would be okay with drafting, but four guys yep. that I would want in the draft Probably. Mahomes, both of the running backs, Kyron Williams and Alvin Kamara, and I'm sorry, I guess three running backs. Uh, Rashad White is the last guy. I wouldn't want like I would like Kirk would not be a target for me. Lawrence would not be a target for me. Olave would not be a target for me. You're not even playing a tight end, basically. <laughs> I'm playing you know, a tight end. Every yeah, week. <laughs> yeah. You're literally streaming a tight end. You yeah. special teams kicker. Who cares? Like, there's four guys on your team, which makes up, you know, less than fifty percent of your lineup. That's why I say your team's a conundrum to me, is because there's like four guys that I see on your team and I'm like yeah, those are guys that I would want on my team too. 
Uh, And that, you know, for it being less than half of your lineup, that's why it just continues to surprise me that you put up 160 basically every week. Mm -hmm. Well, well, now Christian Kirk is hurt, so... Yeah, and, and Trevor. All too. right, uh, Smith, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba has been low key uh, stepping up his production. Last few yeah, no, not too not great, but he's had his games where he's he's done well. So, I think the takeaway there is Eddie is you're not a real seventeen and nine team. That's the takeaway. Um, <laughs> he's he's a first round playoff team. <laughs> hey, uh, at least I didn't lose my way out of the playoffs. So. That's fair. Whoa! That's fair. Yeah, that's, fired. It's, it's fair. But I, I will, when you bow out in the first round, I'm gonna laugh. And that laugh was a that was podcast. a that was a boat right. That was directed at boat right, not uh, not you. Oh, oh. Last year, oh, last year. I, I last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Eddie, all last year was boat rights not a this. Yeah, because I said team. his team's not real. You know that lady on the plane that she said that motherfucker's not real. That was me all last year. My boat rights. <laughs> yeah. team. Dude, and event, hey, by the way, right. last year before was bad trades, wasn't me. Before, before yeah, I forget yeah. to take credit for it, I was a hundred percent dead accurate on Kevin's team and JC's team. I've said from the beginning of the season, yeah, Kevin, was, yeah. Kevin was a little bit of a phony, and JC was. I liked his team a lot more than what the record yeah. showed. I was dead on about those two. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about it then. So JC was the next matchup. Um, uh, oh, actually, we skipped you, but right because so. Boatwright putting up the second highest points this week, uh, 191 to 139. Uh, taking out Kevin and Lock team, you take the median uh, and leave yourself in playoff contention. But you don't want to talk about it? I will try to say, they waited until the last second, the second to last fucking week to do anything. So, you not still alive. Not, not, not only alive. are you still alive, but you got to check out Kevin's back dimples this past week, baby. <laughs> 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 That's true. Oh, took him by, by Debo's third touchdown. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Can we? Like, <laughs> Snaps. Uh, it was one of those welcome. things where, like, once they got to 150 points, Boatwright wanted them to save their efforts for next week. <laughs> for next yeah, week, he's like, "Slow down." I'm back healthy next week, boys. We got we got another week. <laughs> exactly. I don't have your boy to take you to the promised land this week, uh, Sam Howell. Sam Howell. No, oh, my. <laughs> So I don't want to talk He's a whole lot about this. It. Dude, I, I, it's funny, and I, I, it's not a knock on you because, like, functionally I understand why. I had multiple reach people reach out to me about Lamar. And I get why, 100%. I cannot believe nobody wanted Sam Howell, who consistently puts up my team to 25 well, points a week. I can explain like, to you why with one question. What? Have you looked at his playoff schedule? It does, dude, he's done it against everybody. There's, he's had I, one bad game against the Bills. Like, so, and that's, I guess that's what I'm getting. Ultimately, the Commanders have to throw the ball 50 times a game. He's gonna throw. I, I, I joked about this with Sean. I think I made a lot of money this year betting on Sam Howell picks. Like, <laughs> you bet on Sam Howell picks, and then he's gonna throw the ball 60 times and maybe get a rushing touchdown. And that's yeah. what it boils down to. Yeah. You I, know, I've, for me, it's the Week 17 matchup for him. Like everything well, else is fine. But that Week 17 matchup, if you are a championship contending team, do you take a risk on him playing the Niners defense? And the week that's before like, that, uh, it's it's against the Jets. Both the of those Jets. two defenses yeah. are top five against quarterbacks for fantasy football. So semifinals yeah. and championship week, those are against two top five one. defenses. Damon actually, maybe and I, I actually, shouldn't say this. I kind of intervened. Damon was texting me. He was like, I've been thinking about making a play for Howell and Lamar, both of them. 
And all I said to him was, Just "Look at their have schedules. you looked at Howell's playoff schedule? <laughs> yeah. And he texted me back a minute later and said, oof, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. I just, oh. I, I get it. I get it. It just, it hasn't, paid. like, if you go back and look at his points, like I said, the only bad week he's had is against. Yeah. In yeah. fact, but you've got to ride with the guy you got. Up, that's what point. I'm saying. I, well, I wasn't going to trade. He's been a stud. 100%. He's been a uh-huh. stud. There's no other way to say it. He's been a stud so far this year. He yep. scored 17 on Dallas two weeks two, ago. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not. Yep. I'm not so you take that. Well, we'll keep rolling on to the next matchup then. Uh, which was JC taking on Jake, both playoff teams. Uh, JC, as uh, Jake alluded, or as Nate alluded to, keeps rolling, but only a 139 to 123 head to head win. Both teams unfortunately take a median loss, which hurts Jake more. I know we'll dive into it as we kind of look at the next week, but um, what did you guys think? Uh, look at this one, Nate. Uh, Jake needed the win more badly than JC did, and Sam Laporta just could not shoulder the burden of Jake's team. And uh, yeah, just, just a tough loss for Jake. He, he probably needed about twice what the 29 points that Laporta put up. So I tried my best to help him out this week. I couldn't do it. Sam Laporta couldn't do it. So Jake is looking to avoid his, I guess this would be what our fifth year in the league, sixth year in the league. Yep. Sorry. I had to look down at the trophy. I know you guys probably aren't watching on video, but Flex. It's, it's right here. Flex. This is our sixth season. Oh, I believe Jake's cool. been in the league all six years, so this would be his sixth time missing playoffs if he manages to fumble once more this week. That's rough. For, for I feel like, Jake, watch- you've seen some serious heartbreak final weeks of, of our our league. At least <laughs> the years that I haven't made playoffs, it's like, hey, I'm not making them, and I know three weeks in advance. I feel like every time you get your heart broken, like the last couple weeks of this season, and I just feel bad for you. And I think he comes back each year with a more deranged strategy. He's like, something's got to work. Yeah, something's got to work. Something's got to work here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the worst yeah. one was when he got eliminated by what was a, the stat points. change. Or, or it was points, like a yeah, the tie or something. Head-to-head. weird intricacy yeah. yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, and Eddie got uh, in instead of Jake. Yeah, yeah. it's brutal. Uh, just to go back real quick, though, because Nate, I, I have to point it out. For those not watching, Nate slightly turned his chair to the left so that the... the uh, trophy was in full view of his camera just for everyone's yes. point uh yes. there. And i'm still i'm still leaning left so that mm-hmm. everybody can see it it's a beauty pretty much all right just so <laughs> everyone knows if you're watching the video when i win it might go right here a nice little spot right here so you guys can see it in the background you but, know i've always yeah. thought like if eddie wins i'm gonna have to pay like you 40 dollars shipping in shipping and then, always, the shipping then, I, and then i always then i always think i'm never gonna have to pay for shipping for this trophy <laughs> It's because I'm going to go pick it up personally. <laughs> there it is. Uh, and the last matchup was Damon taking on Scott. Again, another crucial one, especially for Scott's team. And Damon just does what Damon's team's been doing all year. Too. It breaks the 200 ceiling, 201 to 167. Uh, especially in a week, like putting up 167, you usually feel good. But Scott, unfortunately, somehow still takes a loss in that week. They both take a median win. This sets up kind of that four-way that we're about to get into, but... Uh, boat right did you pull anything else away from that other than uh, no, what it tees no. up for week Every, everything that happened this week i'm happy it happened because it set me up better <laughs> so only selfish for you i don't know what about you eddie uh i wish that damon's team didn't keep putting up such crazy numbers but they just keep doing it and uh you know at some point eventually i think that they're going to come down 
from wherever they're at in the stratosphere and, and not score as high, but we'll see if that actually happens. Sounds like I you're talking to me happen, talking about your team, Eddie. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's much. crazy is if Scott had Browning, Mixon, and Chase in his lineup, the three that he will have moving forward, they would have scored a little bit more than 30 points more than the three that he had in his lineup this week, which is Herbert, or this past week, Herbert, Lamb, and Etn, and it still wouldn't have been enough to beat Damon. He would have had like 198. He would have still just, just barely matched it. Just yeah, Scott's really team did a great job. 167 yeah. is a great total. Just yeah. ran into an absolute freight train in Damon's team. Good luck to Jake this week. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we'll look real quick at the league standings, at least those that matter. Um, at the top of the league is Damon uh, with 21 and 5. Right behind him, Nate, you are 20 and 6. So you guys kind of jockeying for that first and second seed. Uh, Eddie, right behind them, 17 and 9. JC locked into the playoffs at 15 and 11. And then the teams competing for playoff spots is Nick at 14 and 12. Jake at 13 and 13. Boatwright, you are 12 and 14 with Scott also at 12 and 14. So before we look ahead at next week's matchups, what did you guys, if anything, as a general, you know, thought takeaway from from this week? So my takeaway is very short and simple. I hope that the playoff bracket, the top five teams remain as they are right now. And I don't care who gets the number six seed between Jake, Sean and Scott. If the top five remain as they are in order right now, that's my hope. I can tell yeah. you why if you're curious. Yeah, but... I was going yeah, to I think we all, I know why. Uh, yeah. So me, me yeah. David, and Eddie have been talking about this all week, and we've oh, kind of no. been busting Eddie's balls all week about this. But basically, once you get past the two teams that have the buys locked up, which are me and Damon, I think it's clear to say that we're probably the top two teams in terms of talent on paper. <laughs> After that, on paper, the third best team, at least to me, is Nick's team with Jalen Hurts, Travis Kelsey, Bijan Robinson, DeAndre Swift, Devontae Smith, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. He's got a lot of star power on his team. Yeah. And so to me, Damon is my number one threat. We're destined to be on opposite sides of the bracket already because we both have a buy locked up. The next team that I don't want to be on the side of the bracket with is Nick. And the way that our bracket works is the two and the three seed plus the six seeder on one side with the other one, four, and five being on the opposite side right now it would be damon nick and jc on one side me eddie and whoever gets potentially that sixth and final spot between jake jake scott and sean um and then basically after the first three teams that i name me damon and then nick i think that the next uh scariest team just to me because of the star power is jc because he has josh allen and aj brown and tj hawkinson those are three guys that can completely take over a fantasy week. And so if all three of those guys are on one side of the bracket and it's not my side, like to me, that's <laughs> two thumbs up. All right. It makes sense. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I can see that. I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't do the, the math to look at what the bracket would actually look like until we got. Oh, to week we've 14. been doing it. But, so uh, we have been doing it. <laughs> uh, I bet you have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah. But, right, did and you once take again, mine is going to be selfish. I think that this is the first week I felt like, we can actually, like, I can have a shot at making the playoffs. I went on a real bad pair there, and, like, I was just, like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, what's it matter? Not what is life, but, like, I'm not, I'm not going to get it. Mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get I didn't get super <laughs> existential. Just I was like, okay, maybe I can actually like play. So <laughs> you had a shot. That's oh, shot. I'm glad that you, your hopes and dreams don't hang yeah, on, on BPW League. But hey, what are you gonna do? I'll let you spend the no, night with the trophy I, so, if it'll cheer you up. But right, yeah, yeah. I keep flexing <laughs> the twelve and one team that I have. I didn't do. I just got a twelve and one team, so I'm I'm hanging my hat on that one. <laughs> yeah, he's hanging his hat on that one. So, hey, the other team we co-manage is uh, locked in the playoffs. Oh, I don't know if you looked at that one. Probably not. It's I, a team that Nick I and I used to manage. With, like, four people. Yeah, in, in that. Oh yeah. Oh. I didn't even I didn't even talk. I just you saw it, you man. going for it. I was like, go for it. I was like, I don't even care. <laughs> you let him lose. I get it. Yeah, yeah. He needed uh, to vent. I felt like he needed like to vent. So I was like, I'm just gonna let him go. Just... Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but, Adam, I don't know. Any any last final thoughts before we look at next week's matches? Um, honestly, for this week, I said it in chat, and I think that it's uh, it more more so has to do with this upcoming week. But I, this is definitely the most exciting week of fantasy football for I think in the league history, just in general. Mm-hmm. Because for the regular there season, is actually, I would agree. Yeah, for regular, there is no one is locked into the positions that they're in. To Nate's point that he said earlier, no one is. Like yeah. the one and two can change, the three and four can change. Obviously. Five and six are up in the air for seven and eight once that gets figured out. So the bracket could look completely different going into this this next week and kind of closing out this this upcoming week. You know, Nate could be at one. uh, Damon could be at two. I could be at four. I could be at three. You know what I mean? There's just so much that's going on um, that just makes it exciting. So I'm just happy to be a part of it. Exactly. I, I'm. I told Boatwright I'm a neutral observer now. I'm locked out of playoffs, so yeah. I just get to sit and watch you guys all duke it out. But let's let's talk about what next week's dukeouts are going to look like. Um, the first matchup is myself taking on Kevin to lock teams. Other than median concerns, do we even care? No, no because I don't think that either of you guys will get the median. I tend to agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one then is JC taking on Kyron. Kyron obviously locked. JC locked into a playoff spot, but like you alluded to, Eddie, we don't know which one. Um, do do we see any potential for an upset here from Kyron's team? I think so. I think Kyron's team has shown that it can potentially upset. I'm not hanging. I wouldn't put money on it. Like I wouldn't say, oh, I think it's going to happen. But I think uh, there's potential as long as Kyron looks at his roster before the week comes to a start. I mean, I'm I'm going to make the move for him right now to pick okay, up a quarterback okay. and slot one in. I would say yes if he had Kyler. Absolutely if he had Kyler, I would think that he would be the best. He would have he'd be the locked team that had the best chance to play spoiler this week for somebody. But mm-hmm. given that Kyler and Connor are both out on bye, I don't think so. Yeah. I tend to no, agree. I, right. I tend to agree with that as well. I think that this is a cupcake matchup for somebody to secure their seating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good time to have it then. Um, but, yep, moving on to the next one then. Um, that's going to be Max taking on you, Nate. Nate, obviously, battling for the one seed and Max locked out. Um, is there any world where you you at least don't take the head-to-head here, Nate? Um, sure. Yeah, there could be. I, I, I think I'll win, but, you know, he hey, could be. Mike me. McCarthy just it's had to get possible. surgery today, so... That's going to hurt C.D. Lamb somehow. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, right? We're all, oh, like, we're all crossing our fingers over here. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I tend to agree with uh, Nate, but uh, not as humbly as he is making it out to be. I, I, just I mean, his, Max's see. team has been pretty decent the last few weeks. Yeah, but yeah, but he's also sitting on um, a few players, I think, out and or on by. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot to to, to this one at all, um, other than your seating. Look at yeah. his, look at his oh, bench. He needs, he needs yeah. a tight end. <laughs> he needs a tight end. Ow, I didn't even ow. realize that. Ir, Ir. Yeah, I'm gonna give him oh. a tight end now. That's a rough one. Oh, actually, I'll tell him he's he's actually been really responsive when I've told him to mm-hmm. fill his lineup or set his lineup. So I'll actually text him and let him make the decision of who he wants to add for tight end. But all right, yeah. Happening, managing happening on the fly. All right, let's get into actual playoff implicated matchups, starting with Eddie, you taking on Nick. Obviously, we're talking about your seeding, but more importantly, if Nick even makes the playoffs. So, uh, Eddie, lead us off here. How do you see this one, and are you taking yourself? I'm definitely taking myself. Uh, I don't think that there's anything in this world that would make me happier than these two things going 2 and 0. And knocking Nick out of the playoffs. Two things going into next week that I think would make me ecstatic about the week. Um, I think that just speaks for itself. I think, obviously, when you're one of the best managers in the league, everyone's always going to be happy to either beat you or kick you out of the playoffs. And for a person in in a manager like Nick to even be on the fence to make playoffs and me having the opportunity to shut that door would be fantastic. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, but right, do you think Eddie pulls it off? Or are you going to no, keep your anti Eddie uh, persona? If you for the can rest envision me like lending Eddie my power, Dragon Ball Z style. That's what I want you to like. That's what I want you to do this week. Um, yeah, basically, I'm doing that with every. But I've got like my right. toe going to yeah, somebody because yeah. I'm doing it to every playoff team. So <laughs> yeah, the yeah. scenario you need to make it in. <laughs> Real, real quick, so, I remember mm-hmm. I mentioned that Max is really responsive when I texted him to like make moves to set his mm-hmm. lineup. I texted him 30 seconds ago, make sure you add a tight end, drop Cousins to do it. He's literally already I dropped Cousins. No, no. I literally texted Max like, hey, like Cousins is a useless on your IR. Move Waller there and drop Cousins for a tight end and boom. 10 seconds Done. later, he, I get the notey. Cousins has been dropped on Eddie's <laughs> matchup. I think Eddie is going to win head to head. I won't go as far as to say that Nick's going to miss the median. I'm not as confident making that prediction, but I think Eddie's going to win head to head this week in that matchup. I, I, I'll have to be the outlier, Eddie. I have to keep some sense of this podcast and in, in hating your team. So I actually, I, I think Nick probably takes it. Maybe it's my Jalen Hurts love. I, I hate him starting Jameis Winston. Like, I, it absolutely makes me sick that that's who's going to be starting as a second QB. But I, I don't know. I just, it's one of those things where like the playoff team who's always in there, and the, it'd be weird Find for them not to, to be through. exactly. So, you're um, telling me that you don't believe in Tommy DeVito? <laughs> Tommy DeVito, come on! I have a weird <laughs> feeling that Justin Jefferson is not going to be what people expect so him to that's... be. That was going to be another one of my points before I got too excited. I have about him in the keeper league, so I'm nervous about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm nervous. I, uh, I just don't know 
what that offense is going to look like with Dobbs. So we uh-huh. had this discussion slightly uh, during, we talked a lot about fantasy football in the discord because I've been right. referencing it a lot, but uh, we were just talking about Dobbs is, you know, they said, you know, Dobbs can't sustain a wide receiver one, but that was like the conversation that was happening. I was like, well, he's never really had one to begin uh-huh. with. So there's just no proof to Nate's point he made after he's like, well, there's just no proof that he can sustain one because he's never really had one. So I'm curious to see how it plays out. Um, I'm in the same boat where I just don't know. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson, and I think he's QB proof to a point. Uh-huh. Uh, but I just don't know if he's Justin Jefferson with cousins, Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, he's wide receiver yeah. one overall in fantasy with Kirk Cousins. He is definitely not going to be that with Dobbs. That yeah. that much I can confidently say. Yeah. Sure. He loves How much Hawkins further down. Dobbs, he'll, so. Yeah. It, well, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah. Dobbs loves yeah. tight ends. Period. Like Zach yes. Ertz got double digit targets in in Arizona multiple times mm-hmm. this year with Dobbs. He freaking loves the tight end. So I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like yet. Yeah. No, I tend to agree. I think that it maybe is a Jamar Chase situation where he's. It'll be less about the quarterback play dragging him down and him able to elevate the quarterback play um, or at least make yes. him look better than maybe he actually is considering what a stud he has been all season with Kirk Cousins who like we no one box at Kirk Cousins he's a great like he's the 12th yeah. best quarterback in the league but he's no he's no Joe like Burrow he's every not year. option exactly yeah, so yeah. that's probably why I tend to lean against you Eddie uh, and because this podcast is a reputation of hold uh, yeah. but <laughs> All right, next matchup then is going to be Damon taking on Jake. Jake, again, needing the wins to lock up or and not repeat <laughs> as Boatwright lends power to, to Damon. Not that Damon needs it, but I don't know. Nate? Uh, I think this is the is worst matchup hope? for Jake. I think that this is the worst possible scenario for Jake for a head-to-head mm-hmm. opponent in the last week where he needs to win or he's out of the playoffs. Essentially, that's the case. And I think that like I don't know if it's fate, but I just think that this is this is Jake's destiny once again this year. Is is he's <laughs> going to be one of the two odd men out of the group of four? Yeah, yeah, but right. he, he needs to agree. take a medium. Yeah. He needs to, and he <laughs> has not the majority of the time over the past like month and a half. So I don't think that there's really any chance that he beats Damon head to head. So I think that at that point you're just playing for the median, and I I like Nick's chance for the median much more than I like Jake's chance for the median. For sure. I would agree. But right. Yeah. All right, Eddie. <laughs> All right, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I tend to agree. I think it's a worst possible scenario for him. Um, to go against a team who's consistently almost every week put up above the league median and you yourself have, barely scratched to make league median over that same period of time. It's just unfortunate for him. Uh, the only thing that he could hope for is that his team, uh, Damon's team has a, a Nick esque type of week where everything just goes really bad for him. Uh, but that's asking a lot. So I think even, even Damon's team on a bad day beats Jake's team on a good day. So I think that to me is just unfortunate for him. Yeah. I just on top of that, the only way that Jake's team has been putting up ceiling like numbers is when his court or his uh, running back room outperforms. He's missing Robinson this week, and Bryce Hall still hasn't practiced. So 
I yeah, unfortunately, Jake, it, it, it breaks my heart to say it, but I, I we got to pick against you. <laughs> but right, anything to add before we look at the, your matchup, the last matchup of the week, and kind of the the one that kind of you know at least sets some part of this. Yeah, I mean, I it's tough. Like I, I I picked Jake to not make it for the same reasons all you guys did. Like I don't, don't want to just keep beating a dead horse, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then, why don't you kick us off looking at your matchup? You taking on Scott, the seven versus the eight. Winner will almost certainly have at least a pretty decent shot, especially if they can take a median win to lock up one of those two spots. Okay. Boat right. I, I can't. I can't actually go look at things. So I apologize in advance for this because when I do, my phone like stops recording. I think me mm-hmm. and Scott have the same record. Can someone confirm that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I have a really Confirm. strong can- chance because I believe if Jake loses and I go one and one, I should still get in because I have the tiebreaker over Scott by a fairly strong margin of points. I have to double check the points for, and somebody can tell me if I'm wrong. I'm not confident I win the head to head. So point that I'm ultimately getting at here is that like, I, I think that I'm well positioned to make the playoffs. Well, like so he's got to blow me out by 65, which is not impossible so, yes. with his team. I want to be clear. Right. But a not one impossible. and one should give mm-hmm. me yeah, the tiebreaker yeah. over Scott, even if, you know, as long as I get within 65 points. That's my thoughts. And I'll let you guys mm-hmm. dissect that as wrong or right as you see fit. Uh-huh. Got any? Yeah. I know. I agree. I think your 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 odds are out of the teams that are currently fighting from the six to eight spot. Uh, I think your odds are the best, mainly because your team doesn't have to do as much, considering the points for lead you have over all the other ones. So if you all end in a tie, at very worst, you're ahead of all three of them, or the other two teams because of your points for. So, yeah. You're muted. Or did you unplug yourself? Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Oh, good. Oh, there it is. All right. So, but uh, we'll we'll let Nate try to figure out whatever's going on there, but. Yeah, I, I think I tend to God. Al being out for you, Boatwright, is a killer. Like it's an absolute killer for even reaching the median, especially because I think you're currently rostering Joe Flacco, but they've moved him to the practice squad today, I believe is what I saw the report. So yeah, but you're gonna have to go d- dumpster dive through the waiver wire yet. again. They, um, they send him down because they don't want to put him on the active roster. So it's the same thing that they did with Darnell Henderson. You can elevate a practice squad player three times before they sure. have to. And I'm not saying they mm. will. I'm just saying that is my three assumption times. right yeah, now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, again, I, again, I'm not saying like it's it's locked up. It's just yes, you don't not. need that uncertainty heading into a week where your elite quarterback room probably guarantees no, yeah, you I'm a mean win, and that's an area you're hoping for. So <laughs> I'm going to pick for you. Yeah, I'm going to pick for you just selfishly because, um, you you know, you're my boy and all, but uh, God, that's going to be one to watch. That one is one that I will actually be refreshing and watching the update 
constantly as the game as the week goes on through Monday night. So um, I don't know, Nate. Any chance you're going to be coming back in? Don't think he can nope. hear. Doesn't look like it. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh man. Yeah. Well, luckily that is actually everything that we had. So anyone. Eddie, I'll let you start us off. Any final thoughts before yep. we head into week 14 other than yeah, it's going to be good? <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, that's really it for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm i excited to go into the week. I think it can be it can be a really fun one. Um, it's a low-stress week for me. Uh, regardless, I'm in. I don't know what side of the bracket I'll be in, but regardless, <laughs> I'm in. Um so I'm not super stressed on that side, but I am excited to see kind of who makes it and who doesn't uh-huh. in that middle in that middle field. I think that the the chat will be pretty active this weekend. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Nate, why don't you give us final yeah. thoughts on Boatwright's matchup, and then kind of final thoughts on the week in general as we go into four, last week of the season, regular season, I guess. So I, I heard where Boatwright was going, where if he goes one and one, Scott would need him beat would need to beat him handily for Scott to take. Take overtake him essentially for a playoff spot. Despite that, I think that Scott's going to go two and zero, and the the final pool of playoff teams is going to be me, Damon, JC, uh, Nick, Scott, and Eddie. I think that's going to be the the six teams that make it in. See the disrespect? He mm-hmm. holds me all the way to the sixth I, one. And he had to think I, I, about I it. Well, no, no, no. I knew he was. I knew doing I was that. missing. I knew I was missing one at the beginning, but and I was trying to build the anticipation for the, for, the teams for that aren't respect. yet. But I just your own co-host. That is your own co-host. Just throwing like, you under playoff, the bus. Like ending playoff. Like I, I don't think I make it. I'm just you know trying to pick myself because you got to mm-hmm. hype yourself up. You know. Absolutely. Man, no, I respect that. I think honestly, whoever wins head to head between you and Scott has the best chance of the four teams that have not locked themselves into playoffs. Whoever wins the head to head matchup between the two of you has the best chance of yes. the four to get in. Yeah, without question. I don't. But yeah, I, I I think I tend to agree. So Nate, what what are your thoughts then for in general heading into the last week of the regular season? Um, I don't have a lot that I haven't already said. (laughs) It was another, it was another really great season. I very much enjoyed the group that we had this year. Uh, Hopefully, you know, nobody wants to leave. If, if somebody does, you know, I I think that we have done a phenomenal job of bringing in very quality replacement managers. I'm not saying that like, as like a, in a threatening way, like I don't want anybody to leave. (laughs) That's the most ideal situation is everybody staying, but Regardless, the overall point being, I think that we have amazing league continuity and, uh, you know, it's, you know, sometimes I rule with an iron fist, but Eddie definitely helps me out from the commissioner perspective. So I think that we kind of have a nice blend of like rule with an iron fist. We have a unique setup that most people can enjoy. I have somebody to bounce thoughts off of in addition to taking, you know, league discussions to heart. I, I really think that we you know, have everything that you could ever really want in a fantasy league. And I hope that everybody feels the same. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. I, I think that this league is probably my favorite league that I play in for what it's worth, just because it's one of the most active. And I, I, it's probably one of the few leagues I've seen where it comes down to the wire both years I've played in it, which I think speaks to the, the I know we kind of like to dunk on some people who never, never make it a little bit for fun, but I think that, Eddie, no. Eddie. <laughs> uh, 
It's talking. I, I can't hear you from like way down there. Sorry. This is my sophomore year, so it doesn't count. Um, anyway, I, I think that we've put together a real competitive league. I think that even from whenever I started, like everything about people have gotten better at managing their rosters, trading, just general. So like, I, I think it's been great. Like, and I know that we kind of give Nate a hard time about rolling with an iron fist. Some of that is just joking. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, I'm, let me, let me, no. let me be very clear. And I don't want to get too much yeah, of yeah. my management style here, but like, I think that you need that because if you let the group just talk, they'll talk in circles. At the end of the day, someone's got to make a decision and I don't mind not, not, it not being me for once, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Well, I, I think that about sums it up. Eddie said that I, this is the most excited I've been going into a week 14 and I'm out of the playoffs just because, especially since I'm doing the podcast, um, I know we'll look to get some of the playoff teams on here as guests just to talk about, you know, their matchups or things going forward. But yeah, another great season. Um, and we'll continue to evolve. We can still make edits to the constitution, update things, kick out, you know, the crappy managers. Um, Eddie was honestly angling for that until he finally pulled one off this year. So, <laughs> listen, no. I uh, even if I came in mm-hmm. last place every year, mm-hmm. because I was the original one of the original founders of this league, I just can't do it. Like, yeah. I'd rather die at twelfth every year than leave this league. I so. know. I'm just I'm having fun standing behind Boatwright as a hype man I, and him I getting all the Consider Eddie's so. debt repaid after yeah, this yeah. year. I'll go back to not. He won't get any more dunked on than anybody else. I'm just getting back. To- uh-huh. <laughs> fair, fair I enough. can't promise you that, but that's okay. Yeah. That's not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> hurt, hurt people, hurt people. Just, to, just <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Absolutely, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then, unless so. somebody else has something that I think we will call tonight and wrap. Yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks everyone for joining us. See you. All right. Later. Here. <laughs>